0: But there's an important nuance here that I want you to understand. It's the difference between great people and right people. All of the right people are great, but not all of the great people are right. When you find the right person for your organization, right, they're going to be great. They're going to be great at what they do. They're going to have great character. They're going to have great chemistry with people. They're going to be great people. But just because someone is great, just because they're exceptionally competent at what they do, just because their resume is stellar, just because they have such incredible experience, just because they're great doesn't mean they're right. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name's Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. Now, this episode is one that is applicable to every season, but I also believe that it's one that is uniquely applicable to the season that we find ourselves in right now. There's a lot of people that would argue that our country is already in an economic recession. A recession is technically defined as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. But regardless, I think it's safe to say that we could potentially be on the edge of one if we aren't already in one. And as a result, one of the things that is always affected any time the market shifts as much as it has literally right now. uh, One of the things that kind of gets taken for a ride and people are disproportionately affected by is the topic of staffing. A lot of times people find themselves being understaffed or overstaffed, but people become one of the core issues that leaders, in order to move effectively through the season that they find themselves in, have to kind of figure out. And so there's a couple things that are already going on that highlight why today's episode is so important, because today's episode is all about attracting the right people and that's a very intentional title. We're going to walk through seven strategies for attracting the right people. But before we do, I just want us to to lay the groundwork for why this is so important for you to focus on right now because what I'm going to lay out for you today really does represent work. It represents work, hopefully not just for you as an individual, hopefully it represents work for the business as a whole, but truly it's going to represent work. So I want to make sure we're on the same page as to why this matters so much. Number one is the opportunity that this season represents I mean, have you noticed this already? Many large corporations are already dealing with the ramifications of their overhiring in the past season by laying off, I mean, truly hundreds of people in this season. And so that means that there's a lot of really talented people right now that are looking for a job and that might be open to change. Maybe they worked for a massive multi-billion dollar corporation. They're looking for something smaller or slower or more remote. And so you're you as an employer potentially have more opportunity to gather talent that would be a great fit for your organization right now than ever before. You just got to be positioned to be able to do that. So so that's number one. Number two, many industries that I work with are in an employee's market right now. And, And I would say most industries where Uh, Employees are really driving the conversations with regard to what wages are being paid, with regard to what benefits are being offered. And in many ways, employees have the leverage. Employees have all of the negotiating power. And so one of the things that leaders are going to do in this situation is if they find themselves understaffed, they're going to have to do one of the strategies that we talk about here a lot today, which is focus on the things that make you distinctive. Because here's the reality. Right now, a players have options, but let's be very clear in just about any employer, employee market, A players, the best people, people of high character and high competency, people that are going to be a cultural fit for your organization. Let's be very clear. Those people always have options. And so the leaders that are going to not be understaffed, but adequately staffed in this season are going to be the ones that create an organization that is so distinctive that A players say, wow, that option outweighs the rest. And so that's one of the things that we're going to be focusing on in this episode. But many industries right now are in an employees market where employees have all the leverage. And that's just something we need to be aware of. And then number three is the third reason. And this is a reason that it is always applicable the quality of your business will never exceed the quality of its people. I'm going to say the principle again because it's so important. The quality of your business will never exceed the quality of its people. Now, I truly believe most leaders agree with that in principle. And they would say that that statement in general is true, which that's what we teach on this podcast all the time, that what is a principle? It's a concisely worded statement of truth that transcends circumstance. That is a true principle. The quality of your business will never exceed the quality of its people. But but here's what I've often observed Oftentimes, a leader and a business's time, energy, and resources are not allocated in alignment with that reality if you truly believe that the quality of your enterprise, that the caliber of your organization will never exceed the caliber of the people that you're able to bring on board, then man, one of your highest return responsibilities is going to be to create and then publicize what makes your organization distinctive to great people and for you to grow in leadership because honestly, a lot of times, leaders are the lid for great people because people don't leave an organization they leave a leader we've all heard that before but also i would argue that people don't sign up for an organization they sign up for a leader and and so how are you growing yourself how are you growing the leaders on your team your team as a whole because i believe if someone depends on you then you are a leader to be the type of people to be the type of leaders that people are signing up to work for but it's something that we need to reckon with the quality of your business will never exceed the quality of its people so are you applying disproportionate time and energy and creativity to the question, how do we attract great people? Now, it's within that that a lot of times leaders and organizations as a whole will make a massive mistake. They will focus way more on hiring than they will on attracting. And don't get me wrong, I believe that you should spend really deliberate, intentional time on your hiring process, and I believe that you should get your hiring process dialed in to make sure that you're looking for people's cultural fit, to make sure that you're looking for their competency, to make sure you're looking at their character and to make sure you're looking at their chemistry with regard to the team. And and I'm going to list those again because they're important. Competency, character, chemistry, and culture fit. You need to have a hiring process that evaluates for those things and that you would say, yeah, we have proof beyond a reasonable doubt that this process, this system, this series of steps, If we follow it, we'll be able to assess for those four criteria, and and we've seen it work. You need to focus on that. But if you're putting bad people or the wrong people into the world's greatest process, you're still going to end up with the wrong people. And so you could have the greatest hiring process in the world, but if you're not applying the same degree of intentionality and specificity to how are we getting people to run through that hiring process, well, then it's not really going to matter. And so we can't make that mistake. We can't focus way more on the hiring process than we are on attracting the right people because here's the principle. Your hiring process is only as good as the applicants you put through it. We know that this is true. And and so what we're going to focus on today is how are we attracting the right people? Because businesses that win have strategies for intentionally attracting the right people. But there's an important nuance here that I want you to understand. It's the difference between great people and right people. And here's what I want you to know. All of the right people are great, but not all of the great people are right. I'm going to highlight that again because that can be a little bit of a mind bender. All of the right people are great. When you find the right person for your organization, right? They're going to be great. They're going to be great at what they do. They're going to have great character. They're going to have great chemistry with people. They're going to be great people. But just because someone is great, just because they're exceptionally competent at what they do, just because their resume is stellar, just because they have such incredible experience, just because they interview really well, just because they're great doesn't mean they're right and and the strategies that i'm going to give you today are not just for attracting great people you need to attract great people but more than attracting great people i want you to attract the right people and and just like in any other situation you you don't attract what you want you attract what you are and so that's going to be our focus today is seven strategies for attracting the right people. But what I want you to know is that if you really double down on these seven strategies and you really apply yourself to them, just as much on getting clear about who you want, you're gonna be getting clear about who you are. And you're gonna be a great communicator about what distinguishes you in the marketplace. Because if you can talk really, really deliberately, clearly about who you are, well, then the right people, a lot of times, are gonna have an easier time finding you. And so with that, we're going to walk through seven strategies for attracting the right people. Number one, we've already kind of alluded to it, be clear about who you are and what you offer distinctively and specifically. We talk about this a lot on this podcast, and I think it bears repeating. The most effective organizations in the world can always consistently answer three questions. Number one is, why do we exist Number 2 is what do we stand for and number 3 is where are we going. And the emphasis on these questions is consistently answer them. Not that we can just kind of answer them and we have it in our head. No, does everyone on the team use the same language and we'll hit on that more in point number 2. Now Within Path for Growth, we say that why do we exist is answered in your mission statement. What do we stand for is answered in your core values. Where are we going is answered in our vision charter that is a robust, qualitative, and quantitative document that details where we're going over the course the next three to five years and is brought into summation by a vision statement. Now, I, I think that a lot of people have worked on this And even more than working on this, a lot of people and teams that we now get to work with have started using it, which is a beautiful thing. But here's what I want you to focus on in this season is highlight the pieces of your mission and values that make you stand out. Because again, the right people, the best people The people that belong in your organization, they need to know what you have to offer that is uniquely distinct and different. And so one of the litmus tests that we like, I think I've actually kind of borrowed this from Patrick Lencioni. He talks about this in The Advantage. One of the litmus tests that we use for core values is, are you more committed to this than 99% of the industry? Not necessarily are you better than it yet, but are you more committed to it? Like, is, is it a sticking point for you? And is it something that you're not willing to move on? And if that is the case, then you need to be really, really clear about what is making you different in that arena. Let me give you an example of this. One of our core values at Path for Growth, it's our first core value, is point to Jesus. And because that is one of our core values, it's one that I talk about pretty regularly. You hear me talk about it on this podcast. I'll post things about it on LinkedIn. And, and we are open with our faith, and we're open about the idea that we believe that when Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through him, we, like, we believe that he was right. <laughs> and we believe that he was serious. And we take him out as word whenever we say that. Uh, Now, I don't believe that as one of our core values and then not talk about it. That would be ludicrous because if I'm looking for the right people, then I want them to know, hey, this is one of the things that makes us really different as an organization, The other thing that we're gonna talk about a lot, it's in our mission statement, is we exist to help impact-driven leaders. Now think about that phrase, impact-driven leader. We talk about the fact that like, we are not just interested in growth for the sake of growth. We're looking at growth for the sake of impact because it sets us apart. One of the other things that we talk about all the time on this podcast and in our content and anytime we post a job description or things like that is that growth for the sake of growth is dead. We're not really that concerned about you simply growing. We want you to practice healthy growth. And that's something that makes us different than the industry. And so we're going to look at the areas that were unique, that were different. Then we're going to get dialed in on how we talk about them and make sure that those things are codified. Now, If you don't do this, you could still hire a lot of great people. I just bet you a lot of them are not gonna be the right people. You want your mission and your values to be so specific that when you say it, the right people start foaming at the mouth. The right people memorize your mission before they come to the interview because they're so excited about it. The right people have specific areas within your core values where they say, I never even knew a company could align so much with the things that I personally value. And if you don't have that yet, my guess is that you still have some work really whittling down what makes us distinct in this area and what makes us specific. So let's review the strategy again. Be clear about who you are and what you offer and be clear, distinctively and specifically, and that should express itself in why do you exist, your mission statement, what do you stand for, your core values, and where are we going, your vision charter. Now let's go to number two, because number two is directly connected. Talk about who you are, who you're looking for, and what you offer incessantly. Again, once we've gotten clear about who we are, I want you to talk about who you are, what you're looking for in people, and what you offer incessantly. I want you to be talking about this all over town. I want you to be the poster child of your mission, values, and vision, because again, if you're not talking about as the leader, why on earth would anyone in your team? And so the principle here that you've already heard me say so many times on this podcast in previous episodes is three words, language creates culture. And so if culture is the shared values and behaviors of a team and you've got something special going on, you've got something distinct going on, you've got something really unique going on, then what we want you to do is don't keep that a secret. We want you to talk about that like a lot. And and we want you to talk about it on LinkedIn and we want you to talk about it in conversations that you're having. We want you to talk about it at meetings that you're having. We want you to talk about the things that separate you. And we want you to talk about what you see in the type of people that often hit a home run in your organization. So you're talking about who you are, but you're also talking about what you're looking for. Because so often I see that the only thing stopping teams, businesses, leaders from attracting great people is no one knows they're looking. And so you got to talk about it. But then the other piece to language creates culture is really important is consistency of language compounds, And so if you say the same thing in a billion different ways, people will experience it as you saying a billion different things. But where this was really clarified for me is I once heard someone teach the value and importance of businesses having a word of mouth strategy. Because truly, so many of the businesses that I work with today, how did people find their organization either on the consumer side, but what we're talking about here today is the talent side. So often, I bet you, your best people found you through word of mouth. And so what you want to do is have a word of mouth strategy where you're not just trusting everyone to just use whatever language they think of at any given moment to describe the organization, you wanna have the same phrases, the same values, the same mission, the same things in your mind, in your heart, in your head. You wanna say those so many times because you're the chief repeating officer that they're transferred into the mind, the heart, the head the of others so that they can start sharing that word of mouth strategy, so that they can pass on what makes your organization great. Now, I get so delighted whenever I see one of our frontline team members talking to a stranger about the topic of healthy growth, because they're using language that we use organizationally. And that means that in that arena specifically, we still have work to do in other arenas, but in that arena, our word of mouth strategy is alive and well. And so recognize that you need to talk about it, but you need to talk about it consistently in the same way because language creates culture. And what that will create is a compounding word of mouth strategy where who you are and what you're looking for gets spread throughout your community and throughout people that could potentially want to work with you. That would be amazing. They would be right. They just don't know about you. And so your team needs to know the right language, your customers need to know the right language, your audience needs to know the right language, your family and friends needs to know the right language. But what's so cool is it happens pretty quickly if you just commit to a few words, a few phrases, this is who we are, this is what we're looking for. This is who we are, this is what we're looking for, and this is what we offer. Those three things over and over and over again, what you're going to find is that people will pick up on it, not because you made it an assignment, they'll pick up on it by osmosis. And what'll be so cool is you'll start to see candidates coming through your hiring process that they'll be iterating back to you the things that they heard from their friend that works for you and their friend that works for you heard it from you. It's like that game of telephone that because you were so consistent and because you were so clear, the message carried. So number one, we're going to be clear about who we are and what we offer distinctively and specifically. Number two, we're going to talk about it. Number three, we're going to amplify what works. Good businesses shore up their weaknesses. Great businesses don't just do that. They also amplify their strengths. The greatest leaders that I know are the ones that don't just ask the question why when things are going wrong. They ask the question why when things are going right because they figure out how they can double down on that. So often I see that leaders are under-resourcing the area that they're winning the greatest just because they're not being intentional enough to look up and say, oh my gosh, the reason why we're winning is this one specific thing. If we literally just stopped doing that accidentally, started doing it intentionally, dedicated resources, time, energy, manpower towards that thing, we could blow this thing up. Where I saw this most vividly played out in the topic that we're talking about today was my my friend Michael and Clay Clay Steves has been on this podcast they told me that recently they did a little bit of an impromptu study of their team and they realized that their greatest team members came from social media referrals from their current team members. And so what this looked like is they asked all of their team members, like, how did you find out about us? And then they kind of combed through that anecdotal data of how team members found out. And just about everyone that was great that had been recently hired said, I saw that my friend who works here liked or commented on a, a social media post that the company put out and it just piqued my interest a little bit. And I looked into it and I found out y'all were hiring and then bada bing, bada boom, the doors open. I was in the hiring process and now here I am. And so they looked at that and they said, oh my gosh, all of our best people are coming through one place. And it's not these cold LinkedIn ads. It's because our team members are liking and commenting on our business's social media posts. And when that happens, their, their friends see it. And so they asked the question, where did our best people come from? And then they said, okay, well, how could we just double down on that a little bit? So we were doing it intentionally and haphazardly. And what they did is they said, well, we should probably just tell our team members about that. And so they had a presentation where they shared with the entire team. Hey, just so you know, so many of you that now work here have this job and you're doing a great job, by the way, but you have this job because you found out about it because someone who was already working here liked or commented on something social media that our organization put out. So could we all be really intentional about when we see something that the organization puts out, just be really deliberate about commenting, liking, because your friends see that stuff. That's such a powerful example of saying, what is currently working? Where are our best people coming from? And then how could we just turn that up a couple notches in terms of intentionality and maybe in terms of resource allocation? Now, what I don't want you to do is copy and paste what they did. What I want you to do is figure out the answer to that question for yourself. Where are our best people coming from? Specifically, distinctively, particularly, Not like, oh, word of mouth. Like, really, what is the word of mouth that's happening? How are they finding out about you? And then figure out, is there anything that you can do to double down on that? And it literally could be just increasing the team's awareness of, hey, this is how we're finding great people. Let's be aware of that and keep doing it or be really intentional about it. So that's number three is amplify what's already working with regard to finding great people. Okay, we got four more to go. Number four is incentivized referrals. This is a very practical and tangible one. This is one that I saw play out so uh, specifically at Ramsey Solutions. They publicly bonused when people found team members that were a great fit. Uh, and, And so, When someone told their friend, hey, I work for Ramsey Solutions, so should you. And that person went through the hiring process, made it through the hiring process. And specifically, I believe it was made it through 90 days. Then the team member that referred them got something like $500 and it was given to them publicly. So everyone saw it because people repeat what you reward. And so that's such a powerful thing is to to incentivize the behavior that you wanna see repeated and do it with dollars because think about it, if you can find the right person, what's $500? It's literally nothing. And, and so this is a strategy that I would really recommend you initiate and and it's one that I've seen work in organizations of all sizes, because here's what I think it does. It takes your team member who maybe has a social life and they go to church and they go to dinner parties and they go to their kids' baseball games. And what it does is it doesn't make them a recruiter, right? They're not going everywhere and just walking around with this sign saying, come work for this organization. What it does is it just puts it at the front of mind. So that anytime they hear someone say, oh, I'm looking for a job right now, or I'm looking for a better place to work, or this is what I really enjoy doing, and I'm not doing that in my current job, it's like they have these radar antennas open, and they're just running through the, the filter of, well, man, uh, there's benefit to me, literally sticking a limb out a little bit and saying like, hey, have you thought about this place to work? And here's the reasons why I think it could be a good fit. But here's why this is number four and not number one. If you do number four without first doing number one, which is being clear about who you are and what you offer, you're going to get a lot of people referred and your employees aren't going to have any lens of whether or not they're the right person to refer or not. So you got to make sure that your employees, your team members are equipped with the mission and values so that they can use that as the filter for, okay, who should I be referring to the organization? And then you want to verbally remind them like, hey, you will be associated with the people you bring through the door now with the right people that should be awesome. Because if someone brings a really, really killer person, this already happened for us, right? Olivia is the reason why we hired our customer experience specialist, Danielle Waldron. Now, Danielle is an absolute all-star. She's incredible. She's so good at what she does. She's so passionate about the way that she does it. She's so invigorated about the mission. And so anytime we remember that like, oh, the only reason why we know Danielle is because of Olivia, like Olivia's stock goes way up. So that's the positive of like, you're always going to be associated with this person now. But think about what happens if someone refers someone that's not good. Well, you're always going to be associated with this person. That's not to say that your performance is tied to their performance, but there's some things that are just real. And so you want to give them the tools to be able to filter who are the people that they should be referring. Number four, incentivize referrals. Number five, market your workplace. Regardless of whether you are currently hiring or not, I think you and your business would benefit by getting as intentional about marketing your place as a great place to work as you are about marketing your product or service to your customers. And so you may have a marketing team that markets your product or service to your customers, and they have strategies for doing that, right? They might be story branding it. They probably have a funnel. They're probably focused on the consistency of the messages that they're sending out. What if you brought the same level of intentionality to the way you're making sure people know that your place to work is a great place to work? Now, I will tell you, the first and best thing you can do to do this is create a great place to work. But once you create a great place to work, it would be such a shame if that was kept a secret. And so making sure that you're talking about it. This is why if you, I mean, if you connect with me on LinkedIn, which this is going to be actually the next point, we're going to dive into this more specifically, but if you connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm oftentimes talking about the type of workplace that we're creating and that we're trying to create. And quite frankly, I get messages all the time from people that are really qualified that are asking if we're hiring. And right now at the stage that we're at, a lot of times I'll tell them, and you know, yes, you can check out our careers page for what's available right now, or sometimes I have to tell them no, but we can keep you in mind if we are looking in the future. But the reason why they're reaching out is because they see me consistently drip, 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 talking about what it's like to work At path for growth. And our goal now is that it wouldn't just be me talking about that, that it would be our team talking about that. And, and I don't know if you're following Kelly Krieger. She's one of our coaches. She, she has done such a wonderful job of this. I mean, she's a, her social media is a billboard of our place being a great place to work. And so, but, but here's what I want you to know. I've worked at places before where they're like, they're not making it part of your job to talk about the work on social media, but they're kind of making it part of your job. Like they're telling you what to do and they're, te- they're kind of creating this culture where everyone posts so many times a week and stuff like that. I, we're not doing that right now because I wouldn't want to work for a place like that. What I want to do is I want to pl- create a place that's so great to work that the people who work there can't help but talk about it. And then we can train them how to talk about it in a way that's effective and how how they can be really clear and concise communicators. Because you better believe that if I teach my team members how to be communicators that are clear, confident, concise, energetic, and effective, that if I teach them how to do that on their social media platforms and stuff like that, that's also going to benefit them in their day-to-day job. And so... Rally your team around marketing your workplace as a great place to work. And one of the ways that you do that is you set the example yourself. You're probably going to be the lid on this. And so if you're not talking about it, if you're not sharing compelling message about it, if you're not passionate about it, don't expect anyone else to. You're gonna be the lid on this. And so you've gotta be someone that is the living, breathing embodiment of talking about why your place to work is a great place to work. And it really shouldn't be that hard to be thinking about Just talk about what you're doing. And if you can't think about what you're doing that makes it a great place to work, then maybe do something that makes it a great place to work and then talk about it. Market your workplace. Bring the same level of intentionality that you bring to marketing your product or service. Bring that to marketing your place of work as a great place to work. Number six, this is more specific. Leverage LinkedIn. It's such a powerful platform. If if you're a business owner that's not on LinkedIn right now, I would argue that you're leaving opportunity on the table. Now, here's what I'll tell you. There's some seasons where certain opportunities need to be left on the table. And so it could be that you're being deliberate about saying this is not that season right now and I don't need to focus on that right now. I'm fine with that. I've been in that season and I I can totally see the merit behind that. But what I would tell you is you should be working towards a season where you can prioritize this because the algorithm is so good for building connections, for talking about your workplace, for testing your ideas. It's just such a powerful platform for that right now. And you have the ability, if one of your responsibilities responsibilities is to find and attract the right people, you have the ability to connect with such a wide network of right people. And so I have no doubt there might be certain businesses where that's not the right platform for you and that's not the best use of your time. And if that's the case, I'm totally good with that. But if, if it could be for you, I would recommend you try it. And so what are the things that I want you to do? I want you to create, I want you to comment, and I want you to connect. Number one, create. I think your business would benefit from you being a content creator. I really do. And I, I, I know, I don't know what industry you're in. And the reason why I can still say this is because I don't think it really matters. I think clear writing often helps you make sure you're practicing clear thinking. And without a shadow of a doubt, clear thinking is required for clear leading. And, You having the opportunity to test the clarity of your ideas in the public where you have an idea and you want to see what resonates and you want to put it out there for people and you're going to see the resonance of it and the vitality of it as it hits other people and you want to hear other ideas and how they respond to it. There is so much power in that. And I also just, I'm such an advocate for this because it's just so much fun It's just like this playground where, man, you've got things in your head right now that you may say, well, I'm no expert. Well, don't be so sure because I once heard someone say that to a first grader, a second grader is an expert. So you don't need to be the world's leading master on a specific topic. You just need to be a little bit better than someone else. And oftentimes, I don't like really any posts that talk about expertise anyway. I would rather you present and posture yourself on LinkedIn as a practitioner, if you are actively doing things within your business and within your leadership to move forward, someone will benefit from you telling that story. And, and there's just so much value to you having the presence of mind to write. And writing daily is what I prefer, right? Just writing something every day that forces you to get in that creative mode because it will have ramifications beyond that platform. I really believe that. And, and some people say, well, I don't know if people are going to like it. I don't know if it's going to add any value. I understand the questions. And quite frankly, they're kind of irrelevant, if writing will make you a better leader, which I believe that it will, I truly, I truly do. And, and I hope that I've made that case because it's going to make you a clearer thinker if you're doing it consistently. And and if you can get clearer thinking, you can get better at leading. I, I believe that, right? So if writing will make you a better leader, does it really matter how many likes it gets or how many comments it gets or, or what people resonate with and stuff like that? It's going to make you a better leader and it's going to better equip you to serve the people that are in your purview right now, the people that aren't online. And so as a result, I hope you're taking this as a little bit of a nudge to, if you're not a content creator, what would it look like to become one? It's one of the reasons why in our program, I'm really excited about it. I'm working on a workshop right now for the path for growth membership of like, what does it look like to use LinkedIn effectively? And what am I thinking about whenever I'm writing LinkedIn content? How do I frame those posts, things like that? Okay, number one, you're going to create. Number two, you're going to comment. This is the power of LinkedIn is you don't always have to have your own original ideas. Half of the value is learning from other people's ideas and engaging with it. And that also helps specifically if you've got objectives around networking, connecting with other people. It's going to help with that. Now, Here's what I don't want. I don't want you on LinkedIn all day. Remember, the strategy that we're talking about is leverage LinkedIn. Some of you take this strategy as live on LinkedIn, do not live on LinkedIn truly, I don't keep it downloaded on my phone. It's unhelpful for me to do that. So I will download it on my phone if there's something specific I need to do. But more often than not, I'll only access it on my computer. And I really don't like sitting down on a computer. So that means I'm only on it for very specific amounts of time and typically with a very intentional objective. And so don't live on LinkedIn, leverage LinkedIn, and you should be using it to create and you should be using it to comment. And then number three, to connect. There's connections that can be made on there that could result in you solving for the attracting right people now what I'm not telling you is that you're going to get applicants immediately from LinkedIn. I'm not saying that. But you might meet other people in your industry. You might meet people in other industries. You might find ideas. You might see other ways that people are job posting that maybe even on other platforms or through other medians will result in you attracting great people. But I just think it's important that you're on there because, man, I will tell you, I have seen our business benefit financially financially culturally, creatively, from my presence and our team's presence on LinkedIn. So leverage LinkedIn. Okay, number seven, bolster your benefits. This is the question and in- in an employee's market that lots of people are asking. So yes, you need to double down on culture and make sure that you're being really intentional about the culture that you're creating. But a lot of times, you know, that the thing that sets apart the company that the A player wants to work for is they ask the question, what are your benefits? And so I want to cover a couple points here. Number one is healthcare. Here's what I've noticed. It's an option for a lot of businesses that haven't done it yet. And the reason why they haven't done it yet is because it takes a lot of time and energy and effort and detailed examination and study to make a decision on what's the proper plan for you. And so I will just tell you from our playbook, we now offer healthcare to our full-time team members. It was specifically Zach Estes on our team, our COO, that worked on that. And he treated it like a strategic priority. So we have three to five strategic priorities a quarter that support our vision charter. And we knew that if our three to five-year vision of operationalizing the way we create and deliver value at Path for Growth by September 2024, if that was going to become a reality, then one of the things that we were going to have to focus on was attracting great people. And we knew that one of the things that great people look for is healthcare. So we got to this point where as we were planning our quarterly strategic priorities, we said, we've got to make this a priority. And when we made it a priority at the expense of other priorities that could have moved the business forward, that could have grown it, right? If you're investing in healthcare, you are truly investing in the health of your business and not necessarily the growth of your business. Now, if you do it right, you're investing long-term in the growth of your business for sure, but it's going to take time, and so it's going to require patience. And it's going to require someone on your team. I would love for you to not be you if you're the founder and owner, but it's going to require someone on your team to treat this like a 90-day strategic priority where they evaluate a host of different options, where they study, where they talk to people that have done this, where they get expert advice, where they have phone calls with people that work at the various healthcare companies, where they find out the best plan, where they pitch three options to your leadership team, where your leadership team considers the proposal critically and runs it through the lens of the people that they represent, then you land on one and then you create a rollout plan for that one. Like that much intentionality, but someone has to own it as a priority. And it's not something that it's like, oh, we just need to make a decision on health care. Take 90 days. And I can't remember this specifically, but I think it actually ended up taking us a little bit longer than 90 days. But that's how you get from not having health care to having health care is you have someone on your team that owns it as a strategic priority. And what you're saying when you choose a strategic priority is you say, there are other things that are important to the business that we're willing to put on the back burner because this thing matters so much for our long-term vision. That's what we're talking about. And so I would tell you if it's something that you don't provide right now, don't just assume that you can't provide it. That's only for big teams. We are not a big team. But I will tell you that that is a difference maker for teams that can consistently attract A players versus those that can't. And I've seen so many businesses of all industries who once they focus on it, they realize, oh, this is actually available for us. We just need to budget for it. We need to choose wisely and then we need to make a decision and that takes time. So I would really encourage you to check this out and then choose someone on your leadership team when the timing is appropriate to really treat it like a strategic priority. Second thing I want you to focus on on benefits is ask yourself and probably ask your leadership team and maybe ask your whole team, what do our best people value and how could we create benefits around those things? This is a conversation that we had with our leadership team recently. And it was just so cool because we got to get so creative because this is like a a whiteboard. It's a could do conversation, not a should do, right? And we're not talking about what we're doing immediately. We're just talking about what we could do long-term. And the first thing we have to ask is, what do our best people value? Like the best people, let's list them out on the board and what do they uniquely value? And how could we create benefits that uniquely speak to those people? Because those are the type of people that we want more people like. And so that's where you could get really creative with your benefits and offer things that no one else offers. And if you can offer things that no one else offers, you're going to connect to point number one, which is you're going to be distinctive and specific about how you're different. Okay, and then number three, and this is a big one for the leader, create a culture which what is a culture, shared values and behaviors of a team, create a culture where benefits are used and gratitude is present. The difference maker is not that you have benefits. The difference maker is when your people use the benefits that you have. And it's your responsibility as a leader. That doesn't mean that you have to do all the work, but to create a culture in which people are taking advantage of the benefits that you're offering. I've talked about Sargent on this podcast before. Uh, They do excavating work up in Maine. They're just an incredible organization. Hundreds of people spread all over the state. And they provide some really incredible benefits to the people that work there. Things like they're working on financial wellness programs right now. They offer an incredible 401k match. They've got an incredible training program that they offer to people. But they're deeply intentional about making sure we're not just providing these benefits and yet half of our staff doesn't even know what a 401k is and doesn't know how it could benefit them. No, they like walk their team through exercises to teach them the value of investing in their 401k in their twenties and what that will mean for them for their sixties. And they literally have them see it and they teach them lessons and they get them bought into the idea of this is something that you want to do. And their people do it like the adoption rate for the benefits in their companies. I mean, in many ways, unlike any I've seen in companies that large, That's because they were intentional as leaders about creating a culture where the benefits are used and where people have education around it. Because it can be a really confusing world, healthcare, 401k, all financial wellness, right? All of that can be a really confusing world. And unless you're educating people on what it is, it's going to be too much friction for them to get involved, and then also let's create a culture where gratitude is present and how you do this is you just remind people how much of a blessing it is that you get to work in a business and you're one of those people that gets to provide this. Like this is what I constantly have to remind myself and our team of and so I do it publicly with our team is how cool is it that we do get to do this. What a blessing this is. And that's a great reminder for me as a leader because it reminds me that this is God's business and I get to steward it. And God has blessed this business with the ability to provide healthcare right now, with the ability to provide really flexible PTO, with the ability to provide a really uh, healthy and helpful maternity leave schedule. He's given us the ability to be able to provide all those things and how grateful I am that we have that ability because I want that. I want that for me, but I also want that for my team members. And so me expressing gratitude for that, I oftentimes see that the result of me expressing gratitude for that is our team members expressing gratitude for that as well. And that puts us in the right posture to where we never become entitled to the blessings that we're currently experiencing. And that's the type of culture that ultimately I want to be a part of and that I want to lead. So let's walk through the seven strategies once more. We said that there's an important nuance between attracting great people and attracting right people. And so these strategies are focusing on attracting the right people, people that fit in with your organization's competencies that you need, character that you're looking for, chemistry in that they get along with the right people and then culture fit. Do they align with who you are specifically? Number one, be clear about who you are and what you offer distinctively and specifically. Number two, talk about who you are who you're looking for and what you offer incessantly. Number three, amplify what works, double down on the things that are already working for attracting the right people. Number four, incentivize referrals, but make sure first you're clear about who you are and that your team is as well. Number five, market your workplace. Don't just market your product or service, bring the same degree of intentionality to telling people that your place of work is a great place to work. Number six, leverage LinkedIn, create, comment, and connect. And number seven, bolster your benefits and create a culture where not only are they available, but they're used and gratitude is present. Y'all, I hope that you take these practices and you introduce them into the context of your business. Real quick, if you want more content related to the content that I just shared with you on this podcast, we send that out every Wednesday on an email called Worth It Wednesday. I hate email. I think that most of it isn't worth it. So every Wednesday, we try to send out one that is worth it, worth your time and worth your energy. And so I spend time every week writing a principle worth learning, a question worth answering and a recommendation worth taking. So many of you are part of that Worth It Wednesday community. And it's so cool to see how you're taking that content and bringing it to life in your organization. So thank you for reading that and sharing that. And also, uh, I've heard from so many of you that you're like, oh yeah, I don't read the email. I watch the video every single time. (laughs) And so we include a little two minute video on every single Wednesday email as well. So if you wanna get on that list, you can sign up for it in the show notes of this episode or at paththrough.com. That's Worth It Wednesday y'all know this we're rooting for you we want to see you win remember my strength is not for me your strength is not for you our strength is for service let's go let's go let's go